Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, reacting to a big weekend in the NFL and a big come-from-behind win for America's team. No, not the Dallas Cowboys. Detroit Lions, Perloff, definitely America's team. And this one looked very bleak for them for about three and a half quarters where Jared Goff threw three interceptions. I would say two were his fault, and the Bears were rolling. I mean, this could have been a signature win for the Bears on the road, but instead an 11-play touchdown drive at the end of the game, a two-minute drive basically for the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, ends up sealing it. They actually had two touchdown drives on their last two drives, one to Jamison Williams, Mm -hmm. and then David Montgomery scored the second touchdown, and the Bears just have to be in disbelief. They had a 12-point lead with four and a half minutes left to go in the game, and they blew it. So it was was a 12-point lead, but the Lions had the ball and were in plus territory. So to me, it wasn't that shocking of a loss. Why do the Bears care? Who cares if they won or lost that game? What meaning does it have to any Bears fan whatsoever? What do they expect? Oh, okay, we're four and thirteen instead of three and fourteen. Who cares? Okay, you have the Carolina Panthers pick, so you already know you're going to have maybe right. the top pick. I mean, Carolina absolutely is awful right now. Right. So at some point, first of all, Justin Fields, like they have a real decision to make. Yes, you're going to have these two high picks. Yeah, and this is looking like a fun decision to make because he looks good. Right. So either you keep him or you trade him or whatever is going to happen. At some point, though. When you're a franchise like the Chicago Bears and mm-hmm. you've just been wandering, you know, it's just been like, you, what's your identity? Who are you as a franchise? And are you ever going to find your way out of this wilderness? At some point, you've got to start winning some games and looking like, hey, could we be the Lions of last year, right? Could we go on a nice little run at the end of the season? Maybe we don't make the playoffs, but people start to believe this is a team we can win. They spend a lot of money in the offseason on free agency. Like, at some point, win a game. Give your fans a little confidence. Do something positive. Yeah, but what if you start winning and you want to keep Eberflus or makes, then you start making some really bad decisions. This is good. Rip the Band-Aid. Get two high, high draft picks. Get a receiver. Get a left tackle. Maybe even get high enough with that Panthers thing where you could either draft Caleb Williams or trade it for a total haul. I, I think this is, this is a good loss to me. I would take, you know, I had the process in Philadelphia. You want the draft picks. Who cares if they won or lost this game? But it's all about evaluating Justin Fields. I think he looked pretty good most of the game. Yeah, their defense crumbled those last two drives. There's no doubt about it. But this is a team that's kind of, you know, they traded for Montez Sweat, but they're not They're not about now. They're about the future. What, what about them? Who cares? What difference would this possibly make in the long term of the Bears franchise? Culture. 
Get out of here. That's culture such a- and not being, you know, trying to shed the moniker of being losers. And the way you do that is you don't blow 12 point leads. The way with you do four that and a half minutes left to go. In the, the way game. you do that is you draft Joe Burrow. You, you, <laughs> well, you make a massive trade that brings in all sorts of talent. That's how you do that. Not culture. You bringing better players and a better coach. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So Matt Eberflus, I imagine, can't be feeling that great about the fact that, yes, he's the defensive guy, he's the head coach, but he's the defensive guy, and his defense definitely allowed the Lions to come back and win that game. And he's got to be feeling a certain type of way. We could be looking at a little bit of a mini Black Monday today because Mm. a couple coaches – should be very concerned if their phone starts ringing around, like, I don't know, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Eberflus would be one. I think Eber, that was the game of the year for Eberflus. He almost won in Detroit. Detroit's one of the leaders in the entire conference. I give Eberflus a mini raise off that game. <laughs> Jesus. And Brandon Staley, who we've been talking yeah. about all season long. Chargers, the pairing, the chargering also, you know, happens in cold weather. So Chargers do a full Charger in Lambeau yesterday. They lose to Green Bay. And Ron Rivera, who we've also been talking about for quite some time because the commanders feel like perennial underachievers, and they now have handed the Giants two of the Giants' only three losses, uh, three wins, pardon me, this entire season, and they had six turnovers. I mean, they were terrible yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's a short week for them. It'd be kind of weird to fire your coach right now. Right you might Thanksgiving. Have, yeah, you might have to wait till after Thanksgiving. I don't think there's any point in firing Ron Rivera in the season. What What are you achieving here? You're not going to the playoffs anyway. So even if you get a bump from the interim coach, uh, it doesn't do anything for you. Ron Rivera is a lifer in the NFL. I think Ron Rivera gets a lot of credit for being sort of the balance with Daniel Snyder ruining the franchise. Ron Rivera was always a class act in front of the mic. So for that alone, I let him ride out the season. Well, I don't know. I mean, he was always a classy, but it didn't mean he didn't have gaffes in front of the mic. I mean, even going back to earlier the season, sorry, EJ, but earlier in the year when, you know, he was talking about how players were kind of openly revolting against Eric B enemy. That's not like a great way to start out the season. Definitely put his foot in his mouth last year. Didn't know that the Washington commanders were still technically alive for the playoffs at the end of the, at the end of the year, which was just a little bit embarrassing. You know, it hasn't been perfect here for Rivera. I'll agree with you. He is definitely a respected person in this league. No doubt about it. But does that mean he's immune from, Net for from job performance not mattering? Well, he's definitely getting fired at the end of the year, and that's all that matters. What's the point of firing him now? What are you gaining? So Eric Bieniemy could get some head coaching experience down the stretch here. That's why I would So do. if you are an advocate for Eric Bieniemy, this is what you want. You want him to take over this team to be a interim coach? I that if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'd say no thanks. I'll stay offensive coordinator and someone can hire me next year. This is not you're not putting Eric Bieniemy in a spot to succeed here. This team stinks. They got rid of their two best pass rushers at the trade deadline, and Sam Howell is not playing well. He played well early in the year. This is a tough spot for Eric. What if Eric Bieniemy goes 0-5 because you traded your best two defensive players? Well, but the thing is the the thing is about trading those two guys, Sweat and Chase, you weren't going to pay uh, Chase Young. You weren't going to pay Chase Young, so I understand trading him. You got a, what, a third-round pick for him? Right, but you're giving up on this season for sure. See, I didn't see it that way because they have these other great pass rushers. They had just 
drafted one first-round pass rusher after the next. So you still had Deron Payne. You still have Jonathan Allen. You still had these other Those great... are inside guys, though. Okay, but you still have, like, a really good line. I never saw that as, oh, we're surrendering the season now. It was really? Just... You, you didn't see trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young as a white flag on the season? I thought it was smart to trade Young. Sweat, you ended up getting a second-round pick for... You had to. It was a great trade. Yeah. But it was basically saying, you know what, we're good. I listen. Sam Howell is not going to take you anywhere anyway. And but okay, Sam Howell's not going to take you anywhere. That was, you know, they're going to have a decision to make at the end of the year. I was also seeing Sam Howell as the next Patrick Mahomes not that long ago. I'm old enough to remember when that happened 2 weeks ago. So, you know, I, I just think that they lose <laughs> yeah. these games and unfortunately for Ron Rivera, again, everyone likes him personally. He's a cancer survivor. I mean, everything but that doesn't mean he's immune from a job that's bad. Well, he's definitely getting fired. I'm not arguing with you about that. He's not going to be immune in any sense. I would just let him take the take the bullets the rest of the season. This is going to be a tough game at Dallas on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Dallas is playing really well. Then I just the way Washington was playing yesterday, I don't see a lot of wins here. So if the enemy takes over, this could be the worst thing for him because he's he's done a really good job this year. I think he could get a head coaching job. Just let Rivera run it out, and then Enemy gets out of there next year. Or hire Enemy next year, but don't let him coach this team right now. Here is Ron Rivera saying he's not going to make excuses for his record as commander's coach. How do you defend where this team is at right now? Again, if I answer a question like that, I'm making an excuse. Okay? It'll get out there. I don't need to deal with it. We're just going to continue to do the best we can. We're going to work our asses off. We're going to show up tomorrow. We'll show up Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we'll show up Thursday, and we're going to play hard. We'll see what happens. With your experience in the NFL as a player and a coach, where this team and franchise is at right now, do you think there needs to be some sort of change, whether that's personnel or on the coaching staff? I'm not going to discuss those kinds of things right now. What we're going to do is we're going to evaluate everything we do, and we'll continue to do that. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like at a certain point, I know Rivera is a very respected head coach, and, and he did he did a really good job in Carolina. But I think if you're the commander fan this morning, does Rivera being a respected man and a good Carolina Panthers coach do anything for you? I don't think it does. Like I don't see how that's a reason why you would not fire him. I mean, you got to think about what the commander fan has been through. You've been through the whole mess with Daniel Snyder. Um, you've been through essentially a coach who's, a, I think, a below five. He's definitely a below 500 head coach with them. I, I think when it comes to whether or not you fire him, if you give the enemy that runway to kind of change the culture midseason, maybe start to kind of show what he can be as a head coach. I think there's an upside to that. I think to say Look that Antonio they may lose, Pierce with the Raiders, yeah, it's it, changed it, things. Yeah, it's like to say they may lose the games. I mean, they may lose. They may also win. I mean, we we won't know until you actually try. Look at these defenses. Though I was looking at Washington's schedule at Dallas. I mean, Micah Parsons is going to feed in that one. Miami is now all of a sudden very good at defense. At Los Angeles, fine. Then he's got at the Jets, the Niners, and the Cowboys. So that's basically six out of the last eight games are against top five defenses. This is not a great spot for Biennemi. I, I honestly think he would. this is not a showcase for him. In my mind, I think this could go bad. Because it always does with interim coaches. The interim coach getting a full-time job is such a rare exception. But, um, coach, but getting in that position, though, you can't, you can't knock what that can do for somebody. I mean... Dan Campbell's experience being yeah. interim coach yeah. in Miami. They're playing the guys that maybe won't help him for this job, 
But him getting this experience, him being able to say, hey, I led a team. And again, maybe they get it. You know how the NFL schedule goes. You end up getting a surprise win somewhere here. They're going to upset some teams. It's going to surprise everybody. And then it's going to shake up the whole playoff race. He does that. He can take that into his next interviews and his next job offer and say, hey, you know, I did have experience head coaching. And, you know, I can actually look at something I did. That's a good point. But I do think it's going to be hard to transition this right into the commander's job because the team, I think the team stinks. I, I think Sam I Howell has taken a big step back. I, honestly, I think Biennemi deserves all the credit for making him look like Patrick Mahomes in the first place. Uh, Ron Rivera, four years in Washington, 26-34-1 is the head coaching yeah. record. And 0-1 in a one playoff game. Were but they- that was with Daniel Snyder. Honestly, no coach was going to fix that team. I, I'm not judging Rivera's legacy based on that. 855-212-4CBS, 855 so we'll see if any coaches are going to pay the price. You know, is it is it in bad taste to fire someone right before Thanksgiving? Well, also, you only have three days to to let the interim coach figure all that out. That seems very no, but like for Brandon tough. Staley. Oh or yeah, Eberflus. Well, Staley plays. Staley doesn't play on Thursday. Do those guys? Uh, does Eberflus play on Thursday? We got to check the schedule. On Monday. Yeah, they play the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think it's a different situation with three days busy. Interim coach would have to organize his whole staff immediately. I think that'd be hard. No, now, but to Pete's point, it's like you actually might you'd get an extra some extra days because the Bears play Monday night. You get that, one extra day. Right, right. So Eberflus and Staley are in trouble. Staley, they play Sunday night against the Ravens. Yeah, I think Eberflus gets a raise after last week. That you, did anyone expect them to be in Detroit in that game? That was a great game for the Bears. The Bears should be fired up after that game. <laughs> oh, no, but when you have it right there on your hand, like on a platter, that could be a signature win. Gosh, you're talking about getting the second receiver in the draft compared to the fifth receiver in the draft. That is a signature loss. I love it. Way to go, Bears. Uh, there was. Do you believe? Do you agree with Perloff? This is a good loss. For the Bears. Yeah, it was a great loss. No, no, it was a great loss. It was a terrible win for the Giants. I mean, that was probably the worst win we've seen in three years. Yeah, the Giants did not do (laughs) themselves any favors. They beat the Washington Commanders, but that takes them to three wins on the season. If we're talking about draft order here, they now just put themselves at fifth behind Chicago Chicago's own pick. Of course, they have Carolina, and that's the topic. So right now, if the draft was today... Chicago would pick one via Carolina. Yep. Arizona two, New England three, Chicago with their own pick at four, New York Giants at five. You're talking about Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. joining your team next year. How could you not want that as a Bears fan? 855-212-4CBS. George is in L.A. He's got a thought on another game that came down to the wire last uh, yesterday afternoon. Hey, George, how are you? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Man, you talk about a tell two halves. The Rams in the first half, they looked terrible. I mean, I yeah. thought they were going to get blown out. And somehow they got themselves together in the second half and uh, pretty well dominated Seahawks. Of course, they did hurt Geno Smith, uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, uh, I was going to say, Sean McVay definitely has Pete Carroll's uh, number as far as uh, record against him. I think McVeigh's fifteen and five against him, which is very impressive. Mm. But uh, this Ram team—they're so unpredictable. I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't think they even care about their draft picks as far as where they pick because the way they run their their organization. But anyway, thank you, Rick, very much. Yeah, I mean, Back. listen, George got a little lucky yesterday as well because it was a Jason Myers, the kicker, had already booted two from fifty plus mm-hmm. 
in the game and then has a 55-yarder, no good, wide right, and the Rams win by a point. Well, the Rams, it's tough when Cup goes out of the game. They Puka Nakua is great. He's kind of Cooper Cup mini, mm-hmm. but I don't know where that team's going. On the other side of the ball, it's definitely not a Black Monday situation, but I actually, watching that game, I started to wonder, ooh, Pete Carroll, is he uh, is he facing the end pretty quickly? Well, you talked about Josh Dobbs and did this clock strike midnight a little bit on this Cinderella story. I was getting a little of that from Gino. I know he had to leave the game because the Air Donald, he ended up coming back for uh, the final yeah. drive. But it's like, did... He's way better than Drew Locke. That's something. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so you got that going for you. But they have a they have a really hard... They face the Niners twice coming up. And the way they're playing right now, I, I assume they're probably going to lose those games. Then if Pete Carroll doesn't make the playoffs, what's going to happen with that? That franchise seems like they're wandering. They're much better than, say, Washington. But they are wandering a little bit where they haven't gotten that formula back to be a contender. They have a lot of young talent. But new quarterback and maybe a new coach down the road. I mean, it would be really disappointing at this point if they didn't make the playoffs, right? I mean, they're sitting right now in the NFC. They're in sixth place. Yeah, but did you... They have a negative point difference. I saw it during the game. They flashed their schedule. I was like, oof. It is bad. San Francisco at Dallas at San Francisco, Philly. Not good, but like who... The the teams that are directly behind them, I'm not like... Yeah. You know, it's Minnesota who, again, like, what did we just see? They had won five in a row, but, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher for them. Uh, New Orleans, the Packers, the Rams, the Falcons, like Tampa Bay, Washington, as you mentioned, who's coming up to beat this <laughs> They're team? basically all the same team. But if this, the Seahawks, they better find a way to beat San Francisco one of these two games. San Francisco healthy again, I think they're going to be pretty big favorites in those games. This is a challenge. They really got to say they should have won that game yesterday. That's going to really cost them in the playoff picture. It's the interesting, though, about the NFC, and we talk about versus the AFC, and we thought, oh, the AFC is just so, te- you know, so stacked and all of that. But if you have the top four teams in the NFC, I mean, who's playing better than these teams right now? Detroit, again, had had to come uh, back and win, uh, but they do have a comeback, come from behind win. San Francisco was excellent yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is on maybe the best heater of any team in the NFL, and your Philadelphia Eagles will see tonight of the best record in the NFL. I told well, first of all, this heater they've beaten two really bad. Te- they lost to Philly, and I told you they were going to blow out these two bad teams and be back in everyone's good grace. They blew out the Giants and the Panthers, <laughs> so they're really not on a heater per se. They just had a schedule help. They have their big game is the Eagles. I don't. I, I put the Lions fourth in that picture. Where do you put them? If you have those four teams, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit. I was a little unimpressed by Detroit yesterday. See, I thought that was impressive because you had back against the wall at home, golf playing terrible, and you found a way to win that game. Can like, you imagine the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys going to the wire with Chicago on their home turf? That I, I think like a good team would blow that team out at home. 855-212-4CBS. So let us know who do you think could be feeling the heat today as far as NFL head coaches. We do have college that we're going to get to uh, in just a little bit. We got some sound you got to hear too. Someone getting chippy. The post game. Got to keep your composure, everybody. Long season here. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Wow. Jordan Love. Packers fans are so excited. That's courtesy of Packers Radio. I think Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future for the Green Bay Packers. I admit I came into the season 
on Maggie and Perloff's show, high on Jordan Love, then I immediately backtracked, and now I'm all back in on Jordan Love, baby. Wow. He makes some big-time throws. They've avoided Christian Watson for the first three quarters because he's <laughs> nothing but a, he's an interception machine. I've seen 60% of the interceptions on that team are targeting Christian Watson, but that he came up big. Uh, you watch a lot of that game. Jordan Love had some impressive plays. You will look like an MVP candidate if you go against the Chargers defense. They cannot tackle. They yeah. are terrible. How are they this bad? I, I, I just don't understand it because it's a lot of recognizable names. I know Joey Bosa got hurt yesterday, carted off the field. We're still not officially sure what he has, but... I mean, they, they can't tackle. Like last week, it was a score fest between the Chargers and the Lions. Whoever the ball last was going to win ended up being the Lions. Yeah. And this week, you just, the, this is what the Chargers have two bad things about them. I'm sorry. I think it's this is more about the Chargers than the Packers, even though this was Jordan Love's best game. The defense can't stop anybody when you really need to. And Justin Herbert had two, and the offense, not just Herbert, Herbert and the offense had two shots at, game-winning drives and couldn't connect on either of them. And I don't think... Well, yeah, but one was a blatant drop by Quentin Johnson. That terrible. probably would have been a home uh, <sighs> a touchdown. I know, I'm just you saying... can't put that on Herbert. I'm not putting it on Herbert. I'm just saying your offense, Herbert and the offense, had two bites at the apple. Usually you get one bite at the apple if you're lucky, and they didn't never connect on that, and this time they couldn't, they couldn't orchestrate a touchdown drive even though they had two shots at the end of the game. See, I... I disagree with your basic premise. This is about Jordan Love's future. The Chargers are resetting this year after this. They're going to get a new coach for Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert still showed you he's amazing. He makes so many throws. That touchdown to Keenan Allen, that was incredible. So the Chargers are fine. They need to they need to bring in the right coach. Brandon Staley is holding this quarterback back. I am of the put no blame on Justin Herbert camp whatsoever because this is all on Brandon Staley. And they're going to have a different coach next year. So who cares about that? To me, this was an exciting win for Jordan Love. It was exciting for Love. It's hard because Herbert makes some incredible throws, but he also, I mean, Wait, he's got to take some. Listen, not for the drops. The drops are not his fault, yesterday, obviously. How could he take fall for that? He, he threw a dime. If his first-round wide receiver catches that, at least they have a field goal to tie the game, and he probably should have had a touchdown to take the lead. Just gross. Uh, Brandon Staley, after getting very chippy, with the media berating a reporter for bringing up the Quentin Johnson drop. Let's hear it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, you were also at training camp, and he made a lot of big plays in training camp, too. So you need to do, you know, your reporting justice because he had a really good training camp, and he's improving as a player. He had a tough down there. We're going to keep going back to him. He's going to be an outstanding player. We love coaching him, and Justin's going to continue to go to him. And um, the more he plays, the more he's going to be able to knock down, you know, opportunities like that. Okay, you can do the second part of that quote. Do the second part of the quote. We believe in him. We know he can make plays. He's got to learn on the job, and we're going to keep going to him. You don't have to go to the reporter and be like, well, what did you write about him in training camp? Like, basically insinuating that the reporter's a hypocrite. By the way, he's week 11, Brandon (laughs) Staley. What did you do for the Charger fan that Quentin Johnson was catching balls in in, in – Preseason. It's Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. it's over. Let's, <laughs> let, Brandon, that, yes. It's the worst gotcha moment you ever heard. You said <laughs> something nice about him in training camp. In training camp. In shorts. <laughs> yeah. Brandon Staley also says he is going to continue to call the defense. Lucky us. And again, berating reporters. I have full confidence, like I t- I've told you, and like I've told you from the beginning, I have full confidence in our way of playing. Full confidence in myself as the play caller and the way that we teach and the way that we scheme. Full confidence in that we got to bring this group together and do it consistently, okay? And that's where it's at. So you can stop asking that question, okay? I'm going to be calling the defenses, okay? So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. Wow. I mean, if you believe in this, this is how you believe in four and six when you might have one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league and your defense has all these high-priced players on it. Like, this is someone who's defensive, this is somebody who knows he's getting fired, and I would have left left him on the tarmac. I Just mean, figure out a way to get home from Wisconsin. You're a smart guy. He may be the most unfit man <laughs> running an NFL team right now, coaching an NFL team. Oh, now that Josh mm. McDaniels is gone? Yes, now that Josh McDaniels is gone, Brandon Staley might be the most unfit to coach an NFL team. I mean, I, if it was me and I was Dean Spanos, I would have got my cane and done Apollo theater style and just yanked him <laughs> off of that podium the Vaudeville. first time he started berating reporters. But then he did it twice. That was that was unbelievable to me. It's just you guys are vicious for coaches, by the way. I and mean, Brandon Staley made the playoffs last year. I understand they you definitely you definitely move on, the but it's kind of the, the worst. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should have fired him after that loss. The Jags came back and beat them. You should have fired him then. Okay, but he's not Nathaniel Hackett last year bad. That's the bar? No, you've got I mean, Justin Herbert. Well, you've got, got everyone the wor- on the wor- defense. Did you just call him the worst coach in the league or something? He said most, yeah, unfit. most unfit. <laughs> he's mo- you, you, you heard a guy that was fit to run an NFL team in those quotes? I mean, who cares what – first of all, you guys take Herbert. press conferences way too seriously. It doesn't, that doesn't mean a single thing about anything. Oh, no. I think this press conference meant something because it showed a guy – we heard Mike Tomlin earlier yeah. getting tough questions about play calling, and what does he give you? The exact same thing. This guy gets the exact same questions about play calling. It's you could stop asking that question. It's did you were you there in training camp? He's banging the table. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't have the aptitude. He doesn't have the 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 the, the, the just the the composure. He's taking it all very personally. Nick Sirianni has any composure? The dude cries at the press conference, and they have the best team in the league. Right, but that's 
a team that's again winning. You see yes. what he's able to do, right? But if Brandon but, Staley was winning and acted like that, it'd be fine. Yeah, but Sirianni, but remember, like he did, he got the all time. He was calling out radio hosts in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they don't go to the Super Bowl, he looks like a jackass. Yeah, right. but it doesn't matter. They did go to the Super Bowl because you can't judge. I know, but Brandon you bet Staley based is, on press conferences, you're in big trouble because it doesn't mean anything. The coaches can either just go out there and say nothing or be honest. It doesn't affect the quality okay. of the team. No, this is the thing. You can't be both. You can either be a jerk, but be a good quarterback, like Bill Belichick has done for 20 years, or you either you have to be, if you know you're not winning and if you're a bad coach, you can't also take on the media. It's like taking on the fans. It's lose, It's a losing proposition when you are not a good coach. I think it's completely irrelevant. If you win, you keep the job. If you lose, you're out of the job. It does not matter how you act in a press right, conference. Right, and they're losing. Right, so that's why if he was a complete gentleman, they're going to fire him at the end of the year. If he's a total jerk like this, they're going to fire him at the end of the year. <laughs> they should fire him right now. It does. It, the, the way you act in a press conference to me, because as Tom Brady said, if you get in front of that media, you're just either going to just flat out lie or you're going to say nothing. Okay, so, well, this guy did that. Did, didn't take Tom's advice. But also, he, he's where, getting personal. Where are these like great coaches around the league and in the history of the NFL that were just – Totally thin skin and couldn't answer questions about oh, play calling. All of them. Great NFL, <laughs> Every single one. Great NFL coaches acting like Brandon Staley did in, that, in those quotes. Yes, all the time. You know how many Ooh. coaches have yelled at the, uh, the media? Bill Belichick's number one. You should hear Bill some Belichick of the things he says never to people. yells at the media. It's usually just, we're going on to Cleveland. We're oh, going no. On to Ask our friend Damon Hack. Bill Belichick, if he gets you with a dumb question, he'll make you look like a jerk. And that is the oldest thing in the coaches' book. All the great coaches have yelled at reporters. That's their thing. Well, this is old school, though. Like the Bill Parcells or the Bobby Knight. That stuff doesn't fly anymore because you are the one who looks unhinged, but, not the reporter. But they're not losers. Right. right. Those Staley. guys are not losers. Right. right. But if Brandon Staley was was 6-4 and four, not 4-6, four and six, that'd be cool. But I think he could do whatever he wanted. But, but I think he wouldn't something... be getting questions about whether or not he's given up the play calling duties either. Right. And I think there's something to you being unable to handle the heat when things get tough. Those guys are having trouble maybe, you know, dealing with winning and maybe they're bullies, and that's a whole nother thing. But there is about thing about facing adversity and how you handle that. And in NFL teams and in all sports, you're gonna face some level of adversity. And the fact that Brandon Staley faces adversity with banging tables about how you weren't at training camp. It's pathetic. He's a loser. <laughs> Marco Belletti is here with some headlines. Good morning, Marco. Good morning, guys. And we're sponsored by Northern Tool and Equipment. Get the tools you need from the brands you trust. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. Oh, you can make it four straight wins for the Broncos. Late touchdown pass, Russell Wilson. Up in the Vikings to move to 5-5. Five and five. Now, Wilson's been much maligned in his time in Denver, but continues to have the confidence he can make the plays late. First of all, I think it's belief. Second of all, I think it's execution. And third of all, uh, it's having a, a, a mentality that, um, you know, we're going to win the game. Now, the other thing that this game produced for me was an interesting tidbit. And when it comes to the quarterback head coach communication, this was courtesy of NBC. So the play clock gets to 50. This is what O'Connell hears. That is, if he's still on the button, that's to tell you, you can't talk to them anymore. And Kevin O'Connell said he was hearing it in his sleep after that first Atlanta game. He was so annoyed. So you know you could you could put the play call into the quarterback right into his headset. Yeah. At 15, you no longer have communication. So I always thought that they just cut it. Yeah. They don't. They make it annoying as hell and put that beep to make you nuts. And Kevin O'Connell apparently hears this in his sleep, which I can understand. Wait, how long does the beep, 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 beep go on? 15 seconds. Well, as long as did. 
that goes that stops at 15 seconds. That's where you, so you start right. hearing it. If you keep pressing the button, you will hear that until the play Just is let run. go of the button. Yeah, but let go of the button. Yeah, but coaches are. You know. Why would you sit there holding on to the button? Here, I think beep, he beep, hold, beep, I, hoping I, that the quarterback comes back on. No, I mean I'm sure that there's part of that. I think it's also that if you ever talked to, that, they're a little nuts in OCD. They're afraid that they're going to forget to hit the button for the next play call, so they just kind of hold it for the next call. I mean, it's only 15 right? seconds. A lot of guys do. Yeah, they just hold on to it. Because, I mean, something almost like you see the official call the play, you know, personal foul, whatever. If they don't hit the button, we hear nothing. So they're just afraid that if you don't touch that button, the quarterback hears nothing. So he just has beep, 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 beep Probably. in his ear the whole time? I mean, I'm sure he lets go of it here and there. But I think they hold on to it because they're afraid if they're called the next play. I mean, you, you know how fast everything is. Yeah. They're, they don't want to miss it. But how could you – plus you have multiple people on the headset, right? You're hearing from the offensive def- – I know Kevin O'Connell's calling plays, but you're he- still hearing input from the offensive-defensive coordinator. There's lots of guys on the headset. That I don't know. I know after 15 you can't talk to the quarterback. I'm assuming everybody else can still talk to you, so maybe right. that's part of it too. So you hear – So you have all these people talking to you? I have no beep, idea. Beep, 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 beep. I don't know. I mean, it's hard enough to do some of this. You know, <laughs> if Bilotti's in my ear while we're doing this, I'm, it messes me all kinds <laughs> up. Never mind beeping, who's talking from the side, and now I got Bilotti in my ear like – it's just, it's a mess. Beep, beep, it's beep, a mess. beep, beep. Thank you. And the irony they is. They got better, yeah. con, I don't know, concentration than I do, I would apparently. The beep. irony is their best play is when Josh Jobs runs around and makes something happen. <laughs> yeah. And Fun. Kevin O'Connell's admitted that. He's like, yeah, our best plays are scrambles by our new quarterback. I mean, he's well, lucky he's not in he a mental institution right now. I'd need a straitjacket after that. That would be so frustrating. Well, inside radio for you guys, I don't know about you, but the five-minute break before we had music, and a little. Ins- this is what we hear when we're in our break. Yeah. That thing, in the beginning, before we had the music, I was hearing that in my sleep because it felt like a countdown to, I mean, death. <laughs> Do uh-huh. Five minutes to the next break. You're Four minutes. Break. You're in a break. 30 seconds. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> it, just felt like it, was, it, was, it was, I don't know, it was a little bit anxiety-driven for me in the first couple months. I got to be honest. The fir- the I think the most annoying sound is when the oven timer goes off. I mean, alarm clocks these days, you have like all different mm. types of sounds you can wake up to, gentle noises, like, mm. da, 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 or eh, eh. To yeah. me, it's the oven going off. It, it's just like, some, just sprint. I'm like Tyree Kill to the oven just to turn this thing off. See, my oven doesn't work. I have the one that came apparently from Washington. That, <laughs> oh, yeah. So no you can't water. use, but it sometimes goes off, and then I have to move the entire oven out to unplug it. So that beeping gets louder and louder until I'm able to pull the entire oven out. Now, the problem is it'll go off while the oven's on. Oh, God. I can't do that while it's on <laughs> because it's it. too hot. <laughs> so I had this thing uh, maybe about six weeks ago, beeping for about 40 minutes until I could get the oven cool enough with three children. One that was a two-month-old that was screaming <laughs> through the whole thing. The three-year-old's trying to go, what's that noise? And my a nine-year-old is looking at me like, can't we just do something? Like, is there anything? And I'm like, uh, you all suck. I know I can't do anything. Like, can you just leave me alone? Can you give me a half hour? Yeah. I say everyone get in the car. That took an odd turn. <laughs> I, I was kind of lost what the hell you guys were talking about. But that, that beeping. <laughs> yeah. What does an oven sound like? That beeping comes for the oven timer. Yeah. But mine doesn't work. It'll automatically go off sometimes. So why don't you get a repairman? Uh, well, for the timer itself, I mean... <laughs> Perloff, I'm, I'm living in the aught six house that everything's <laughs> falling stove. apart. The fact that the stove actually still goes on is a half a miracle. The last thing I need is to worry about paying another guy to tell me to turn the button off for the... <laughs> yeah, no, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. Uh-huh. All right, speaking of messes, you got the Jets. The worst. <laughs> Maggie's Bills put a beat down on them. Robert Sala is noncommittal that? about his starter for Friday against the Dolphins. Zach Wilson was pulled. Of course, 
Now you got Sal asking, answering this question. Zach did not complete a pass to a wide receiver. Um, what goes into something like that? I mean, how is that even possible? Um, now, you know what? I, I don't have an answer for that. I'll, obviously, we'll, we'll go back and watch all the tape. <laughs> I mean, he can't commit on a start. Who does he have to talk to? Remember when he pled the fifth the other week? It yeah. literally was like, I got to plead the fifth on... On who's on why he didn't bench on, Zach Wilson. Yeah, right. On why he hasn't benched Zach Wilson. This now, guy. why can't he complete a pass to wide receiver? I don't know. I don't know. I got to watch the Maybe, film. Maybe can we just pipe in Aaron Rodgers from Malibu or wherever uh, he lives I so mean, he can just answer the questions for the coach? What a mess. But at least they don't have to watch the tape this week. At least they know what happened. They don't need to watch it. They can move on. So at least there's a little, a little okay. bright spot. Uh, I said he's watching it. What is he supposed to say there? What are you going to say in this press conference to that question? There's no possible answer. Just Then just fast forward, just say, we got to watch the tape. I like what he said. He said, I don't have an answer. That was That's as good as he could do <laughs> it. Oh, just pass. That's the answer. worst thing you could say. Oh, no. this Look, guys, it. nothing worked. You guys, nothing you worked. You it doesn't hear. matter. Let, we, yes, we, we just got we our ass kicked. Yeah. Nothing worked. But here's the thing, right? This is the problem, I think, with coaches who are so on one side of the ball. Because Robert Sala is a defensive guy and basically yeah. has washed his hands with the offense and that's not a head coach. That means you're a defensive coordinator. And this bothers me with guys who do this a lot because Nathaniel Hackett sucks. And if you don't have Aaron Rodgers, which you haven't since the first drive of the season, you can, you have no idea how to fix the offense. Like, how do guys get head coaching jobs like that? How are they going to fix the offense? Zach Wilson's their quarterback. I mean, it, I don't I've, care if... Don Coriel's a coach, or so I get there's I no coach who's going to fix this. Throw for 250 yards. Yeah. Isn't this a personnel <laughs> issue right now? This is not a coaching. This issue. This might be a GM issue now. I think be- it's because he picked the he picked Wilson, uh, the GM well, Joe Douglas. He it's a GM, but like there's got to be something. We talk about Steelers. We talk about the, even the Giants get a win. There's so many backup quarterbacks who are playing right now. Dorian Thompson Robinson. I mean, even just going back to Brock Purdy. We just mentioned Josh Dobbs. He's on his third team in like the last three weeks. <laughs> Josh is the ultimate example of a guy who comes in like really cold and is still able to be an effective quarterback, you know, even if they're not getting a lot of wins. Like, other teams have schemed around a backup quarterback, and the Jets cannot do it. Uh, you could combine Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Andy Reid, and they're not scheming Zach Wilson into a good quarterback. That's it, not going to happen. No, not good, but someone who can be effective. Like, give Brees Hall the, the ball every play. The yeah. Bills can't stop him. They've never been able to stop him. I mean, uh, different hacker wasn't there, know. but, I mean, it's the same concept as last year. Mike White looked like he was a functional NFL quarterback yeah. with that same offense. That Zach Wilson couldn't get a first down with. I've never, I've never seen a quarterback not be able to move east to west on a football field. That's what Zach Wilson is. He can't score touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, you can't do anything about that. I mean, you could, you could have uh, our, our Lord and Savior out there <laughs> uh, trying to take care of it, and it's not going to happen. Listen, <laughs> if we've learned anything, our Lord and Savior is definitely not a Jets fan. It's definitely not Zach Wilson. <laughs> at the end of the day, like. Jack Wilson, it's it's just it's so bad at this point. It's just, it's I'm well, it's Rogers. I'm sorry, Jay, but it's also I think Rogers has to bear responsibility for them not bringing in a backup quarterback who's a much better. I don't think Rogers want another no, no, no. rooster in the mm-hmm. head house mm-hmm. here. But you don't blame Rogers. You blame the GM for not being strong enough to sure. stand yes. up to Rogers. I think. But when you lose thirty two six, there are no good press conferences. Now, my bottom line: the worst two press conference coaches of all time are Bill Belichick and Andy Reid, and they're the two winningest coaches. Those guys don't say crap. It's impossible. You guys are assigning. Neither does Sala. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all you can do is just say whatever comes to mind. It, there's nothing to say when you're this bad. He should have a lot. He has a lot of experience, though, 
caping for Zach Wilson. He should be a master of it at this point. I mean, it's been two years of this. Three. More, I'm sorry, three years. It's been three years of making excuses for Zach Wilson. He, he should, should have be a script. PhD. <laughs> yeah. He should have the script down at this point. You're <laughs> yeah, saying. He's like, comes in, put the glasses on, just read it. It's like, mm, Turn excuse page. four. <laughs> We're young. All the positions got to play better. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you one more. We talked about LeBron James defying logic at 38 with 37 points. Six rebounds, eight assists. He reminded everyone. Now, this game also gave us this. Anthony, a fan was given a chance to hit a half-court shot. We see this all the time. This yeah. was for $55,000. Oh! You had the distance. You had the distance. Anthony, come back, Anthony. Uh-oh. Let's get you up, Anthony. You didn't get it from half court, but we're going to give you a chance to shoot it from the three-point line. Now, the problem was Anthony went down in a heap okay, trying yeah. to do this half-court shot with what appears to be an Achilles injury. Oh, so no. he looks like he pulled the Aaron Rodgers and popped no. his Achilles. What? Basically stumbling the length of the floor. So when they picked him up and said, hey, now you can take the three-point shot. Oh, no, he can't. So Anthony was <laughs> unable to continue. Not with Kobe. His Achilles. Not Kobe, clearly. So now we would imagine that Anthony's probably on the line to every lawyer on the planet to see if maybe he can get something out of the Lakers for popping his Achilles on Ooh. the floor shooting the half-court shot. Oh, I bet they make you sign your life away before you do anything like Let's that. Let's see. Wait, I don't so know. Who's he... that guy that like threw it three-quarters of the length of the court like ah, 30 years ago, and he had like the, the shoes on with the bowls, and then they said you, you don't get the million dollars because you played in college? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's uh, loopholes. Maybe. That maybe, I don't know. I feel Wait, like Anthony's got a suit here. So he could have won 55 grand if he had mm -hmm. hit the half-court shot. He yep. pops the Achilles. Right. If he had hit the three-point shot. I don't know what the money was there. I would imagine. 50 bucks in a handshake? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> Get a photo with the 13th yeah. guy in the bench? I don't know. One of the dirty water dogs from Washington? <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think it would have been much. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Marco, thank you so much. <laughs> got a lot to do. See you guys on the phones. We will get to you. We promise. Coming up. Bad night in college football. Oh, boy. Who wore the worst of it? We'll get to that in a minute. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Tonight's Monday Night Football Preview is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Finally, an epic standalone game. You got the Eagles visiting the Kansas City Chiefs for a showdown with the fighting Taylor Swifts. The Chiefs, KC, slight two-and-a-half-point favorite on FanDuel. <laughs> Chiefs have won three of their last four, while the Eagle, Eagles continue to roll their winners of three straight. I've got the over in this game, 45-and-a-half, and I felt confident about that. I want the Eagles to go vanilla on offense and defense. Don't show anything to the Chiefs tonight. Lose the game because I picked the Chiefs and save it for the Super Bowl. I mean, that's calling your shot here, Proloff. You really think there's going to be a Super Bowl repeat? I'm surprised you would put yourself out on the limb. You're kind of jinxing your team a little, aren't you? Well, now that you say that, I take that all back. <laughs> well, too late. You already said it. We have it. We've booked market. There you go. We're going to get more into this game in just a little bit. 855-212-4CBS. We hit the phones. Our pal Michael's in Las Vegas. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Hi, you too. How's it going, dude? Hey, um, can I just ramble real quick? Um, first of all, I had the Bills yesterday. They won a lot for me. There you go. Good for you. Um, I have an idea for quarterback for the Jets. Is Kellen Mond. He's like on a practice squad. They're not I've, doing I've it, trying. Michael. That, it, like, it feels like 
Steve Young could be out there. They're not bringing him in. This is much more than just we need a quarterback. It's about <laughs> yeah, appeasing Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's giving him a chance. But now I'm starting to think that maybe the Raiders could take him because I'm not sure so sure about Aiden O'Connell anymore. He's just so he's so bad. <laughs> well, I um, mean, turned the ball over a little bit yesterday. Yes, God. against a very good Miami Dolphins defense, by the way. That was a one-score game. Wanted, can I wait? Wait. Can I give you my take on Clarissa Thompson real quick? Uh, sure. You got 30 seconds. I I thought she was bragging, and she got caught bragging because. I'm thinking the guy goes, oh, you're so wonderful. What? Ha- what? Ha- oh, well, sometimes I just make stuff up because I'm so good at what I do. Hmm. And she didn't. She got caught bragging and doesn't didn't realize what she was doing. On the part Anyways, of my take my podcast, take. yeah, Michael, thank you so much for checking in. Um, I think there's that's some truth to that. I mean, she was obviously overconfident. Yeah, see, that's my thing about this story. It was very different when she did admit this two years ago. And she admitted it because she said Rod Marinelli from the Lions, she asked him for second half adjustments, and he said that's incredible perfume you're wearing, kind of insinuating that he was kind of hitting on her, not taking it seriously, whatever, and she had to make something up in the moment. Very different than what she told part of my take, which is like kind of insinuated like, hey, I I just do this. Like if I can't get a report, I just make it up. But then she kind of doubled back and said, I was kind of lying about making it up. So where? Yeah, her <laughs> statement I, uh, afterwards was. I do relate to one thing. Part of my great. take, those guys are basically comedians, Dan Katz and PFT commenter, who was brilliant on game day, by the way, at James Madison University. Those guys are comedians. When you talk to a comedian, you try and up your game and say something entertaining. I've been, I remember Artie Lang made me say things that I never thought I would ever say. <laughs> so <laughs> I do understand. You yeah. start talking fast and you start not thinking. It's no excuse by any means, but I kind of understand that format a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, now like you how, have to deal with the consequences, yeah. which is, well, it looks like no consequences, actually. She's getting publicly shamed and Public roasted. Shame, yep. However, a lot of people did come to her defense, which I thought was a little bizarre that the defense was who cares about sideline reporting, not yeah. like that's that that's whether you care about sideline reporters or not, you should not be in favor of people just making stuff up. I thought what was Aaron Andrews admitted was way <laughs> worse. Aaron Andrews said she she gives fake reports because she's protecting the coaches from, you know, from things they say that she thinks will make them look bad. It's like you have the information. You're not giving it to us. That's awful. Well, did she say fake reports or incomplete reports? Well, Was she make, I, I'm actually Lies curious. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, there were a lot of tweets. Carissa Thompson says Zach Wilson's going to throw for five. I mean, they were. She's been publicly shamed a lot. Yeah, but she's going to keep her job. Eight five five two and two four CBS. We're talking Brown Steelers next. Almost. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.